What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Your thrice weekly podcast where we talk about the hottest news with a touch of what, Terrence? Good old humor. Good old humor, man. Yeah. Good old humor. And we're back. And we are back, yeah. man. It's been a while, huh? It's been, what, almost a full week, right? A week, yeah. Almost a yeah, full week. Since yeah. the last podcast. Yeah, man. Because uh, you've been away. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, yep. Anyang, anyang yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Come you, you're back from Korea, man. Back so from Korea, man. What's your, what, what's your immediate thoughts after going visiting Korea for the first time, right? First yeah, time? first time. Yeah. I actually really like Korea. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, I mean, it was, it, it was, I went there, I know a lot of people are going there now. Yeah. Uh, you went earlier this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of my other friends uh, have, are going, have gone. Uh, but I wouldn't say I knew what to expect, but I really like the country uh, in the sense that, yeah, like if you, there, there's so much variety. If you just travel out of Seoul, you stay within mm-hmm. Seoul, even within Seoul, a lot of different things. La. But you're complaining so much about the food. I was not just, complaining. <laughs> I was just saying the food is, is all right. La. Mediocre. No, what is it? It's not, it's, it's, it's nice. I had some great meals there, mm. but it's not say like when I went to Japan, you know, the, the food there is like, ooh, my God, I think my I just prefer other cuisines more than Korean food. Uh. And what's it? But, but specifically, what is it like? Because it's not like it's not like you haven't been exposed to Korean food before. Yeah, right? yeah. No, so, so I like barbecue stuff, okay. like the Korean uh, gochujang yeah, and gochugaru yeah. and all the soup stuff. Right, it really uh, doesn't do it for me, uh, like. Really not a soup. Person. I'm not a soup person, yeah, I'm yeah, Not a soup yeah. person. Like soup on the side, okay. But if soup is the main thing. It's nice. But you, they, they eat a lot of the soups as broths. Then they put rice in it. Oh, yeah. La, yeah la. Correct, you can't do that. So, I mean, I, I ate it. Ate and it. I still had a great time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was smiling all the way. <laughs> I'm just trying it's to imagine great the, time. the conversation in the restaurant. is always like, you always got this black face. No, 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 no. no. And then your wife's like, oh, God. Again. No, no. It was a wonderful <laughs> trip. I enjoyed yes. every meal. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was it was great, and thankfully she is a bit more of a foodie, so she had a mm-hmm. few places she wanted to go to, la. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But nice yeah. restaurants or like street food or a mix. Actually, not so much nice restaurants. It's basically where uh, even like the good thing is certain places we went to, even the locals were there. Yeah. Then you know, like okay, this is legit, and some uh, have been there for like God knows how many years. Yeah. We did go to the Netflix auntie who was featured in the Korea street food. Okay. But I was just one of the highlights from a trip for me was I got a shave from the oldest barbershop in Seoul. Oh, really? Yeah. Was it planned? Uh, not really. Oh, like, really? We got there the first few days of Seoul. I was thinking, okay, like, we're going to do all this food thing. Let me see what I want. And then I needed oh, a shave. Oh, I see, I see. I needed a shave. And I was like, hey, shit, it's not too far. So when you and your wife travel, it's uh, like what you want and what I want kind of thing. Darren, stop trying to stir shit. <laughs> no, but asking, a bit but of that, that, I mean, yeah, there's a bit I, of that. that process does not happen for me, right? Like for me, it's, like, okay, I'll just go with whatever the flow is. Oh, no, no, I don't that, worry so much about what I want. There is so a bit much. of that. Okay, yeah, okay, I have okay. to, hey, it's a, it's a to compromise, man. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. I don't, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not criticizing. I'm just yeah, saying yeah. that it's a different style of, of traveling. So there was an element of this is what I want to do. and Or just like thinking, like, okay, what interests me? Okay, and then okay. we talk about it and then we figure out something that uh, works for both of us. Of course, got but, arguments along the way. But like. you travel separately to those things that you want oh, to do? No, 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 no. And she went for your shave or so. Uh, and sat there watching Because you that shave. place is them, is them quaint. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, and like, there's an old uncle who is the third generation. His grandfather yeah. started it in 1919. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and he's the like 70-year-old uncle now. Uh, and my face never felt so smooth before. Uh, but I also think that's because he sh- he scraped off my face. Just the face on it. Uh. Just the face. Because his okay. blade was not the sharpest. I see. I so see. if, I don't think I'll go there for a shave again. Yeah. But it was a good experience. Uh. Did he Was he very surprised, uh, you know, seeing a non-Korean person coming Actually, no. I think, like, I think it's one of those things that even the chairman of Samsung and all has gone to have like his Korean, haircut uh, or shave I'm saying, there. I'm saying non-Koreans. I know, but I'm saying like it's enough of an attraction uh, that people go there. It, but thankfully, it. I mean, it's in this small suburb. So we went there, there was one other person before him. I see. And, oh, yeah. okay. uh, so it's good, it's good. I see, I see. Then after that, we went to the Guangchang market to eat at the Netflix auntie that, that my wife, wife wanted to go. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it works. Like. <laughs> that's how it works. She sits through something that, that you want. And yeah. it's your then turn. I eat these noodles that probably taste like the <laughs> noodles the, from the next stall. So yeah. I'm like, okay lah. Okay la. <laughs> yeah, Harish is like super fun to travel with as you can tell. I am, I am. I'm amazing <laughs> to travel with. But, but you also met some listeners lah, right? Yeah, or at least yeah. a Yalabad listener. A Yalabad listener. Yeah. yeah. So and like it was, we were in Itaewon 
Mm. And like he he came up, he was super sweet. Uh, they posted on Reddit also the picture. Yeah. And yeah, it was awesome because at first I was thinking I won't deny that part of me was like, oh shit, is he mistaken mistaking me for another influencer or someone uh, in Singapore? Uh, Nest Daily, Nest Daily or something. No, I think my hair now is too long. <laughs> I looked at the picture he took. I'm like, oh shit, I need to cut my hair. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, then he said he listened to the podcast, and I'm like, okay lah. Awesome, and that really, really, really means a lot. Like, it really means a lot. No, of course it does. And yeah. uh, even this week, <coughs> sorry, even this week when we're not doing it, uh. Uh, you know, heard from a lot of people, uh, you know, that our podcast has accompanied them on a lot of travels and all that as well. So I'm sure at some point, somewhere, somewhere else in Korea, uh, you know, our voices were echoing in the in someone's ears. Like, yeah. Right? I mean, the guy who met us, he literally said he was on the car, in the car with his uh, wife in Jeju. Yeah, listening to us. Oh wow, awesome! And I was like, oh shit, this is this is dope. So yeah, yeah thank thanks a lot for coming to say hi. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, if anyone else, so we always appreciate it when people come to say hi. We do. Of yeah. course, it rubs the ego a bit, yeah. but deeper, it touches the soul. Yes, the soul. yes, yes, very important. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but we do need to get on with uh the podcast today. Also. Yeah, man. Thanks and for thanks for uh <laughs> just just uh patronizing and and uh just. Helping me, like giving, giving the space, like granting the me space. the privilege yeah, yeah, to share yeah. my experience. Share experience yeah. uh, where else can you talk about your holiday so openly? Where people would where care, people like, actually right? listen. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Half the time, it's like it's like last time when you used to like, hey, you know, I had this amazing dream yesterday. You used I to never used to do that. I'm like, maybe like dude, once. Nobody wants to hear about your dreams. No, I no. feel like I feel like people's travel stories nowadays have hit that that that. that no, no, no. Here. If you have an interesting <laughs> dream, Terence, I will always be open to hearing it. Oh, always, always, always. Mm. Yeah, okay. always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, it, I mean, uh, the, the interesting thing is that it seems like a lot of people are going to Korea also, right? Yeah. We're hearing from a lot of people and uh, even people, guests who have been on this podcast before, well, they're in Korea. Oh. Well. And uh, yeah, like I, I think maybe for me also, I might I might be going Korea next year. Uh, so for a trip, uh, I don't know yet. But yeah. yeah. So it's uh yeah Korea Korea's everywhere la. Korea everywhere. also trashed Singapore yeah. five 0 in the last when week. we were there when you were there yeah so it was this yeah it was just a lot of things that seems to be linking our two countries at that point in time la. yeah la, correct yeah, correct yeah, correct yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah but before we go into mm. uh the podcast right mm. we always want to do something and what's that it is to to tell our listeners you our viewers as well that if you enjoy this podcast if it brings you any form of joy or makes you think about something differently, it'd be great if you could share it with at least one other person. And, uh, you know, follow us on our social media, on TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, leave us a rating, uh, just so you know whenever we drop the latest episode. Yeah. And what else, Terrence? And we want to work with you. And if you want to work with us, email us at contactministryoffunny.com. Hell yeah, man. But yes. Cool. Uh, you know, the, the world continues moving even, yeah. even when the Yalabad episode doesn't come out mm. and uh, yeah a lot of things have been going on the last week or so like, that we're excited to talk about like, right? mm, mm, mm. Uh, the first one in fact is like this long drawn debate going on over Straits Times and Facebook and all that but, and what is this big debate like? uh, it is a debate between some pretty pretty influential and, and public figures mm. um, it is a Started by an op-ed that was written by Bilahari Kaushikan, mm. who is let me pull up his his uh, he's a he's a retired senior Singapore diplomat. Yeah, who I believe spent some time uh, dealing with the uh, with the Middle East when he was mm. uh, not retired. He was the former Permsec of uh, Foreign Affairs. In ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. and um, the current Middle East Institute chairman. Ah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. So so I mean he's 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 quite open about his opinions about a lot of things mm, like, right mm, yeah. um so on il, on 7th November 8th November he wrote an op-ed mm. uh talking about the Israel Hamas situation it was updated over the the time and I think the latest update as of the Straits Times website is 20th November mm. uh but last week uh Shamugam uh himself uh posted something on his Facebook and Instagram kind of like disagreeing with some of the things mm. that were said in that op-ed. Yeah. And he quoted another op-ed uh, which kind of shared a different point of view and mm. we're going to talk about all that shit. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why I say it's a, it's a proxy war via op-eds. Uh. Yeah, op-eds. And the uh, kind of annoying things that all these op-eds are behind paywalls as well. Yes. Right? So even doing research on this, we're like, okay, let's read this. Oh, wait, this is behind a paywall. Then let's read the response. Oh, wait, it's behind a paywall. Yeah. Until 
we were cornered to the point where we actually had to subscribe to Straits Times. Lah, yeah. Right? Just to so, read these events. So in that sense, Straits Times <laughs> plans work. Lah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. But then it becomes a thing like, okay, this is fucking important discussions because mm. it is about how Singapore should see this conflict. And to put it behind a paywall. Lah. Yeah. So that's I don't the, know, man. I mean, that's the thing, lah, right? If if Shamogam is posting about it on Facebook, I would imagine it's an important issue that uh, all Singaporeans should try and read mm. deeper into. Lah. Yeah. But the original article and then the response and everything are behind paywalls that are paid for with, you know, with public money and all that. It doesn't make sense lah, to me. It's yeah. like, you, know, you want to educate the public about important issues, but then you you want them to pay to be educated. Come on. Yeah, you know, exactly. That way. And like, Straits Times, if you're listening, if anyone's listening, uh, I, I, I don't know whether I speak for everyone, but I mean, generally, some I feel some of your articles are not the best, lah, right? Yeah. But it is these through these articles that people can realize, hey, shit, okay, there's actually some good stuff on Straits Times, lah, mm. which I would imagine would make me more inclined to subscribe to the stuff that is behind the paywall. Mm. But if you put these sort of things behind the paywall, it's really damn annoying, especially for things that are so damn important. Yeah. Like, literally, there's, there's legislation... Uh, concerning the display of you know like your 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 thoughts on the war and you can't hold rallies and all, mm. so it's a national issue. Yeah, and I, I agree with what you said. Like if you're putting this behind a paywall, ultimately straight times benefiting financially, really the best thing. Like these are very important. Yeah. So Ministry of Home Affairs. I mean, yeah. Shamugam, you're the boss, right? Yeah. If you're hearing this, please, like, convince Straits Times to take this off the paywall. I think a lot of people should read the. Uh, not only Bill Hari's article, Tommy Cole's response to this article, as yeah. well as uh, Fadaus's response to the article as well. Uh. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, in, so in case you haven't subscribed to the paywall, yeah. don't worry, we have the info. Yeah, we have the info, but we we want, I think people should still read themselves as yeah, well, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Correct, then, correct. Rather than just only take our word for it as well. Uh, right? yeah, yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. So, so I mean, the thing that kicked it all off, uh, and and I mean, okay, so now we are recording this 22nd November. Mm. Uh, mm. The latest news is that there has been some agreement between Israel and Hamas to do an exchange of hostages. Mm. Uh, not exchange of hostages, release of hostages and release of some Palestinian detainees in Israel. Yeah. Um, I think there's still a lot of, um, there, there's a ceasefire mm-hmm. and a lot of terms have been outlined, including things like for every 10 hostages that are released, there'll be an additional day of ceasefire. Mm. But what we're going to be talking about is the general thing from the perspective of Singapore and how we should think of it as from, yeah, from, from us, from an independent nation. Yeah. Yeah. So basically the first post by Bilahari um, on 8th October Mm. Um, I mean, yeah, he talked about, you know, the horrors that happened on 7th November um, and talked about how complex the issue is. He reiterated um, some of the things that Vivian Balakrishnan said in his speech because mm. this article was updated. Uh, and the five points that Singapore made, which is zero tolerance for terrorism, concern over civilian casualties, reaffirmation of Israelis, Israel's inherent right to self-defense in accordance with uh, international law, support for two-state solution, and the fact that this issue should not be allowed to divide Singapore. Mm. But the stance he took, okay, so f- from, from reading it, this is what I felt he was trying to communicate um, yeah. in the sense that it's so complex, yes. Uh, October 7th was a horrific thing, but Israel does have a very strong right to defend itself and mm. also to the point of defending itself so strongly to act as a deterrent. Mm, mm. Uh, and just reading it, it felt like, oh, it was in some way justifying any breaking of international law that Israel would do mm. because it has justification. Yeah. So that's my overall takeaway from it for you. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's a... I think he provides the context of uh, Israel's response to October 7th, like, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it delves a little bit into military, military strategy and and uh, the optics of solar, right? Mm. You know where, how the government of Israel right now is viewed by its own people, and how October seventh, if anything, was a failure, right, of intelligence, a failure of the military to protect mm. its own people, mm. and having to do something, like, right, to really restore the deterrence and the and the military order there was before, like. mm. Um, so. I think he kind of, I think the point that both Tommy Cole and, and even Shamugam were pointing out was that I think he, he specifically almost seems like he's saying that 
yes, there are all these international laws, but, uh, and he used this word, like, practical, like, practicality, like, right? Mm. Like, uh, Israel will probably follow these laws only to the point that it's practical to what they need to do to deter Hamas, like, right? Mm. And, you know, this, uh, I think the, the, what you can read into that is that basically these laws exist as ideals, like, right? In an ideal scenario where, you know, it's, it's very fair and everything. But what he's saying is that now is not that kind of ideal scenario, like, right? Where basically it's, you're fighting a terrorist organization that's living, uh, you know, underneath, like, under a network of, uh, underground network that's supposedly what I hear is that it's more elaborate than the New York City subway network mm. and everything, like, right? Mm. And they're under hospitals, under schools and things like that. So how do you deal with that? Like? And, mm. and so he's saying that, yeah, if you want to be, just be practical about it, the Israel can only follow the laws up to a certain point like, to to maintain that deterrence. So that's the point that I think uh, a lot of the co- subsequent commentators have taken an issue with, like, right? Yeah, yeah. And and I mean, like, um, ju- just, to, just to build a bit more on that, well, what mm. he was saying is that, uh, yeah, like, um, you can listen to all his ministerial speeches and all that, but the level to which the issue needs understanding is damn difficult. Mm. And I think he also said like, um, um, he, 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 in this paragraph, you know, he said justified anger at atrocities does not, of course, justify committing atrocities in turn. Mm. Um, and then uh, the last line of that paragraph, but it is equally crucial that Singaporeans understand Israelis' war aims like, and why deterrence matters. Mm. And, Something that you mentioned just now, you know, he used certain terms. There was one thing that was quoted by both Tommy Koh and Anwar Fridawas Daud is that mm. under, so this is literally what uh, we said in Bilahari's article, under these circumstances and with the restoration of deterrence as an existential issue, humanitarian law and the laws of war take on a somewhat abstract quality as councils of perfection. Mm. I mean, a bit a bit bombastic words, but basically what he's saying is that, yeah, like... um. The circumstances, like what you pointed out, not normal. Mm. Uh, and if deterrence is so critical yeah. to the point that it's almost life and death of a nation, mm. yeah, the laws How are abstract. Yeah. Which, which sounds ridiculous. Because it's like, yeah, then what's the point of the law if it if it no one follows it, follows it or it's not enforced or that people are justifying that, oh, it's a different situation so this law doesn't apply. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Because I'm sure every country that has violated international law, at some point, you they can argue that it is an existential threat to themselves. Mm. Like basically, Terrence, if I say, you know, I feel you are threatening me to the point that I feel I don't have the right to exist and I punch you in the face. Yeah. And I and I say, yo, man, it was, uh, I needed to deter Terrence. Mm. Uh, so the the criminal law in Singapore took on an abstract quality. Yeah. I can imagine that happening because we're arguing over what Korean food to order. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, Terrence, you're not allowing my Taste for non-Korean food to exist, <laughs> yeah. and there's an existential threat, la, So I'm justified in punching you I'm, in the face, la. I'm ordering just not doing nothing but ordering soup, and like yeah, that's right. Soups and soups you and soup, and, yeah. yeah. You, you and soup. It, you go take yeah. your soup and shove it up your ass. <laughs> yeah. so, so that kind of thing, la, Right. Yeah. But and, but yeah, I mean, and, and I think um, Bilahari had a response even to Tommy Ko's criticism that way, la, That he mm. said that I mean, he just laid it out. Basically, he's saying that Tommy Ko was a, is an idealist and I'm a realist. Mm. Uh, so essentially that's what he's saying la, that if you are you know the term real politic la, if you you know you understand that politics is can get messy and you know yes law is one part of it but the other side is like military strategy and, and basically you know the government thinking what's in its best interest versus what's another country's best interest la, not so much of humanity's interest la, right mm. then if you are yeah you just be a realist about it la, versus being all you idealists out there just talking about laws and all these things that, that people are supposed to abide by and not realizing that human beings are complicated. Mm. Right. What do you I, think of that? What do you think of that? So, I mean, the, yeah, it is, I'm glad you brought that up because, okay, so you, I, don't know, I don't know about you, but you know when you see politics and you see politicians talk in parliament, is there a part of you that feels that, okay, that's not really what they're thinking, mm. but they're just saying what they kind of need to say? Because they will get what they want to do for real done mm. in the background. Of course, yeah. Right. So so yeah. there is that feeling, right? Course, like yeah. you listen to talks, you're like, ah, just you know, we know this is not what you're thinking. You're just saying this. So when I read Bilahari's article, to his credit, it 
does sound like this is the more, I wouldn't say objective, mm. but it's, it's a bit more realistic. Real. La, yeah. Yeah. Real, realistic. Realist. I would say realistic. It's scary because, you know, like, I think any politician or any leader, um, if you really say what you're thinking and all, it might not be the nicest thing to hear. La, right? mm, mm. And being a politician, you have to balance what people feel versus what you message you want to get across, what you're actually doing. This one, yeah, it feels it feels real. It feels like almost you can understand why he's saying that and why it's justified. And then it becomes scary. Correct, correct. Uh, but, but at the same time, I feel that his, I mean, his arguments are logical and based on, you know, realist versus idealist. Yeah. But uh, I feel it's when you use that argument, realist versus idealist, then it's got a bit of that. The taxi uncle, ayah, cannot one la, please la, you, mm. you just born this day. They kind of tone to it la, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I think takes away from the debate la, you know, when yeah. you are basically saying that someone is has his head in the clouds and all that la. It's, I won't say it's an ad hominem attack. You're not attacking the person per se, but you're just saying that, ayah, you don't know the real situation on the ground one la, you, you know, that kind of tone la, you mm. know. Um, so, so he said that about Tommy Ko's article. Uh, about Shamogam's Facebook post about it. Uh, I do like the fact that uh, Shamogam did point out that, you know, um, what you hear, what you heard from Bilahari almost seems like he is speaking from the perspective of what, what is good for Israel's, the Israel government side, like, mm, right? Mm. But he doesn't take into account that, or he doesn't mention much about the fact, the context that Israel, Israel's actions in the West Bank, like, which mm. is, you know, the other the other side of the, of the conflict, right? Yeah. The, huh. the, Israel's actions in the West Bank in the last couple of decades has not, has been illegal, if mm, anything, the mm, settlements and all that. Mm. And that has, you know, not only angered people, but it's illegal, right? Basically. Yeah. And when you don't mention that, it kind of, um, it's not also, it's also not providing the full context of what, uh, what people are so angry about and why there's so much, uh, you know, like, uh, people are, are pointing out like that, that a ceasefire needs to happen sooner rather than later, lah, right? Mm. You know? Mm. So in that in that point, I, I actually Shamugam, if you if you want to say being a realist and all that, I think isn't that being more of a realist, being more of a, a, a taking a larger, bigger politician view of everything, saying that, mm. hey, you know, there's this the conflict's not just in Gaza. Yeah. There's also the conflict in the West Bank and, and things like that, lah, right? Yeah. And and that's why it's curious why Bilari took that stance. Because, curious, lah. why, yeah? Because like um, I can understand like like what you said. In fact, Shamogam, to his credit, his post I actually thought okay as minister of foreign affairs, home, uh, affairs. home, home affairs. Yeah. This is the post that is it is good la. Like mm. I was quite happy to see his post calling out and saying that you um you can call Israel out. No, you can call Hamas out, but you also need to call Israel out for what they've done wrong. La. Yeah, which is yeah. which is great. And and to to his credit, that's great. And he also linked to the op-ed by Firdaos. Mm. But um, I think what what I was saying about the Bilahari stance, it's it's almost like, okay, there's a certain realistic angle to it, but it's very one-sided. Mm-hmm. So that's why I was wondering, why is it so clear to him, given that he has diplomatic and political experience, mm. to take such a one-sided thing? Mm. Uh, I mean, to us, is we say one-sided. Mm. But to him, maybe it feels like that's the reality or the realist take on it, right? Mm. Uh, and I mean, I'm sure he's had more experience than we have yeah. know, with people on the ground. Yeah. Even negotiating with people. I mean, you know this, right? When we do, when you work with people that on paper, everything can look like, oh yeah, it's just uh, about yeah. negotiating what's best for each party, find a win-win situation. Mm. You can present two groups of people with the exact same contract terms or whatever like that. Mm. But how they react and how they talk to you about it and all that can be very different, right? Yeah, yeah, no yeah. one can be, hey, you know, trying to... You, you can sense when someone is like negotiating to try and get more for themselves and not really caring about the other party. Whereas you can sense someone is sincere about trying to find mm. different uh, uh, solutions. So I, I'm not saying that one side is more sincere than the other one, but, but maybe he's coming from the angle where he has an experience with people and his realist take on like is how 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 can you negotiate with different types of people like, right yeah i mean he makes he makes very uh also very uh bold claims here that all these uh i would say i wouldn't say claims but he would say that even if you if 
Hamas or what was running the Palestinian state, right? Would it be successful? You know, would it still, mm. would, it, would it just be as corrupt and run as a, you know, very, very poor third world country or what, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so I mean, he makes that, that extrapolation. Uh, but that kind of tells you, kind of informs you about what he thinks about, even if there was a two-state solution, how would the leadership of the Palestinian people, how would they be, right? Yeah, yeah. So maybe that informs you a little bit about what he thinks and what he he, he knows, right? And I mean, he also closes off by saying that Palestine almost feels just like a pawn mm. in the politics of that region. Yeah. Like literally on his last line, he said yeah. that, um, um, I'm convinced that sooner or later there'll be a major war in the Middle East, but mm. that big war will be fought over is Iran's nuclear capability and not Palestine, which is simply not important enough to any of the players. Yeah. So yeah. that's the kind of tone that feels like, hey, I guess that's why I felt like this was a bit one-sided la, because mm. it did not talk about the plight of the Palestinian people mm. uh, and and uh, focus a lot on like Israel's right to deter Hamas. La, yeah. Which is what was good. I mean, like, uh, thankfully, there were those op-eds like mm. Ahmad Fridaos, Daud. Uh, I would encourage everybody to read it, but if you're not a subscriber, you're not going yeah. to be able to but basically, both him and Tomiko yeah, called out things that Israel has done in the past, mm. um, pointed out the number of civilians that have been killed. I think to date, it's th- more than 13,000 13, civilians yeah, have been yeah. killed. So right now, I think the uh, the calculation is that there's a tenfold, uh, the, you talk about proportionality, yeah, uh, uh. tenfold number of people dying, uh, in Pal- uh, Palestinians dying compared to the people who died on October 7th. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, I mean... Um, yeah, he he gave that context. He gave the context of like what you mentioned is not about uh, Israel violating international law in the past. Mm. And he also called out one example which Bilahari made, mm. uh, which didn't strike me until I read the, the counter op-eds la, about saying, I think Bilahari pointed out one thing, you know, just asking readers to imagine what if uh, there was attacks from Johor in future. Mm. Mm. Wouldn't Singapore have a right to self-defense? La? Yeah. And thankfully, Anwar, uh, uh, the, um, Ahmad Fridawas Daud pointed out that Singapore Johor is not the same as Israel-Palestine. Yeah. Which is yeah. true. La. It's true. totally different. Yeah. So, when Bilahari posted stuff like that, it is quite incendiary. Because mm. without thinking it through, you might think, hey, shit, if Johor attacks us, I'm like, yeah, you know, fuck, man, we got to whack back. Whack back, yeah. la, you know. Yeah. But it's not the same. Yeah. So, maybe that's why Shamugam came out with a post. Because mm. the original op came out more than a, like November 8th. 11th. 11th. Ah, November 11th. Ah, it was written November 8th. Yeah. Uh, then it was Published. Published November 11th. So for Shamugam to come out a week later, because mm. I saw some, I think even Jom, uh, Sudir's mm. outlet, they had some comments about Bilari's article about yeah. it not being safe or being mm. quite dangerous. Mm. So maybe, because it can be quite incendiary. Right? Yeah. And uh, I think one more thing, that's why I, yeah, we're encouraging people to read Fadaus's op-ed as well. He raises the point that if you really want deterrence, is this current Israeli mm. strategy the best? La? And, um, I think they, they give examples of like how uh, India and India Pakistan, reacted yeah. to Pakistani terrorists or even in, in you know in, everyone knows how Osama Bin Laden was killed like, right it wasn't you know there's even been a movie made about it Zero Dark Thirty and all that it wasn't like this huge I mean obviously there was an attack on Afghanistan after 9-11 all, but the one that actually killed Osama wasn't you know uh, like carpet bombing of, of all the hills and mountains of Afghanistan mm. like, it was really a very, very long period of like intelligence and searching and informers and all these things. And he was basically moving from place to place and they actually, you know, like in the movie Zero Dark Thirty, you watch it, like the helicopter coming in or at the, under the cover of night and conducting the, you know, the the whole raid that just led to his death. Like, and then mm-hmm. after that, making sure, you know, verifying it and everything. So yeah, all these things, I think, yeah, there's a right to self-defense, but it doesn't always have to be about carpet bombing a, a whole place la, right yeah. I think the number is what 25,000 tons of explosives yeah. have been dropped on Palestine right now because and as much as yeah, la, the tunnels are there and everything but the truth is on top of the tunnels there are hospitals and civilians and now I think now you also it's all over your you've seen it for the last yeah. past few weeks it's uh. all over your feet it's so crazy to see all the children uh, like in hospitals and like dismembered and everything la. it's very disheartening la. yeah it's yeah. I mean, it's been going on for like a month and a half already. Yeah. The sad thing is, I can also see like people or like it occupying mainstream consciousness less and less. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is 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 terrible, uh, Because even as we are speaking now, there's it's still far from peaceful. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, like people shouldn't just stop thinking about it now. Mm-hmm. Um, but here's a question, uh, like uh, why do you think it's so it's such a big deal that you know, uh, Bilahari writes an op-ed, Tommy Koh has write something in response, and then now even Shamungam has come up with something in response. Why is it so so important for to get the last word, so to speak, on this. Especially this because it's behind a paywall, so how many people are going to read it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How many people are going to read exactly, it? Exactly, yeah. Um, I think it's just one of those things that, okay, so I would imagine that people, there are still people who are looking for ways to think about it, especially yeah. from a Singaporean perspective. Yeah. Right, you get so many articles from the overseas media outlets talking about why this is horrible and the ethics and the morality of it. But from the Singaporean perspective, it's hard to find. Mm. So if you Google and you want to get some information, these op-eds probably will stand out because mm. they're not just reporting on the facts. They're actually sharing an opinion. Yeah, yeah. So I think because, I mean, anything on the internet stays a long time, things get shared. Yeah. It is also important to make sure that there is the other side of of any any op-ed. Mm. So I'm glad that people are writing op-eds in response to the op-eds. Yeah. Of course, the paywall thing is fucking annoying. Yeah. But, so that's that's my, my guess. Like, it's one of those things that could shape the opinions of people who read it. Yeah. And I, I for me, I on top of that, I don't think it's just about Singapore. I think it's when people think about <clears throat> Singapore's response to this whole thing, mm. it's something coming from Bilahari because he's so closely associated with the establishment, like, right? They might think that, hey, this guy is speaking what is the uh, actual government line of things. Oh, that's true. So to I think it's important to clarify that, you know, based on our voting record in the United Nations Assembly and all that, plus the official line uh, that, mm. that Singapore does not condone all the illegal settlements and things like that, that's important because if not, you know, someone who's like a self-radicalized person could end up thinking that Singapore or the, the government or the establishment feels that, all way, yeah. feels that way, like what Bilahari is saying. Oh, yeah. So it's actually a national security issue, I would say. No wonder know. they put behind paywall because it's not about yeah, us, the readers. <laughs> it's about the, the, the optics of it. Yeah, like. yeah, the optics. Actually, that's damn true because yeah. now if you ask me what is Malaysia's stance on it, mm. all I know is that Anwar is damn pro-Palestine, yeah, pro, yeah. right? I mean, uh, Najib has even met the Hamas yeah. and everything before, yeah. But that does not reflect what the other leaders think. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so that's why yeah. la paywall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's the ah. thing, la, right? Like, if you're a retired uh, diplomat and all that, uh, the uh, the government still you still have some people still view you as having links to the government for sure. La, yeah, right? I mean, yeah. you ask anyone. I think you ask who is Bilahari linked to. It is the incumbent, yeah, la, right? Incumbent, it's incumbent. Yeah, yeah. Tommy Ko is the one who's a bit like. Like, yeah, Tommy Ko been re- enjoying reading his his things over the years, la, right? Yeah, yeah he's, he's yeah. sort of like. Sort of like, you know, kind of created his own space, his own voice, like a lot of uh, issues. Like when it came to like, I think the foreign workers in the back of lorries and things like that. Yeah. He's been very vocal about it. Oh, but Tommy Ko is also the chairman of the International Advisory Panel of the Center for International Law Ah, at NUS. So that tells you where where he's coming from. Yeah. So, so, yeah, it's not just, I think, not say he woke up and, oh, you know what, what should I write about today? And yeah. Ahmad Fridawas Daud is a lawyer, community leader who works with Roses of Peace to advocate mm. for peace and social harmony. Mm. Of which uh, I believe Halima, President Hal- ex-president was Halima, was a patron, yeah. was a patron of was Roses a patron, of Peace. Yeah. So yeah, uh, big issues. Uh. Yeah. But, but I mean, uh, like, there's yeah. still a developing thing. Like, mm. is, we still encourage everyone to try and read it. Yeah. Uh, if you want to subscribe and I'll just go ahead. Uh, yeah. Straits Times, if you are thinking about which articles to put behind a paywall, please realize that these articles are super important yeah, and yeah. paywall turns people off. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. But yes. Um, and we were just talking about how this Israel-Hamas conflict has has maybe almost like not been in public consciousness so much and mm. other things have come to the forefront. All right. Yeah. And the next topic is an exact example of something <laughs> like that that, that is gar- probably garners more eyeballs than, than this. The sad uh, truth. Uh, yeah, the sad truth. Anything about Israel Hamas right now. Uh, and what is this big announcement on news? Uh, <laughs> yeah, it is It is just in the orbit of the main thing. Like. It's not even yeah. the biggest news. Sure. Uh, the, 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 the planetary gravitas is, of course, Taylor Swift, mm. right? But the news specifically is something that came out uh, on Tuesday, 21st November. Yeah. 
that Marina Bay Sands launches ticket packages for Taylor Swift uh, and her Eras tour next year. Mm. Mm. Uh, because she's coming to Singapore. You yeah. know, she's going to be having six concerts. Mm. All the tickets have been sold out. But now MBS has come up with a, with a range of luxury, luxury packages. Yeah. And what are they, Terrence? They, I mean, the important number is that they start from $10,000. $10,000 to uh, enjoy Taylor Swift concert. And, and also... What do you get? What do you get with that 10000 Terrence? Uh, okay. So, the, 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 these packages go live on November... Tomorrow, Thursday yeah, the, yeah. at 10am. Uh, the $10,000 Stay, Stay, Stay package includes mm. two VIP tickets, a three-night stay in a Sands premiere room, um, merchandise from the tour, a curated dining experience at Coma, $1,200 of uh, resort dollars for them to spend at MBS, I guess, and two all-access passes to exhibits and attractions. Mm. And then after that, there's there's higher tiers. Like, there's the Shake It Off package from 15000 which include a few more things. And um, the top of the line is the Wildest Dreams package that costs $50,000 for four VIP tickets, a three-night stay in the Paisa Signature Suite, Merchandise, a dining experience by Wolfgang Park at Spago Dining Room, two thousand four hundred resort dollars, four all access passes, exhibitions and, and attractions, round trip limousine transfer, and complimentary upgrade to Sands Lifestyle Paisa. So yeah, ten to fifty thousand dollars that can be spent on uh, a night out for three, uh, not one night out, but like plus three nights of hotel stay, mm. four day, three nights, I guess. Yeah, uh, MBS lah. Yeah. So how does it make you feel, Terrence? <laughs> how does it make you feel? Uh, yeah, I mean, the I think the guns are all, all out already. Uh. So it turns out that, that MBS is an official presenting partner of this concert as well. Mm. So this these are official packages. Like, they're not just like, oh, happens that Taylor Swift is in town, so we launch this thing. Like. So I think they're doing it in in concert with like the Taylor Swift like uh, show and everything. But not like. this package. Yeah. I mean, on, as, the, on, yeah, the, yeah. on the package page, it says this promotion is in no way sponsored, endorsed, or administered by Taylor Swift, Firefly Entertainment Inc., or its affiliates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but uh, MBS itself, I think, is a presenting partner. Is a presenting partner. Maybe Taylor Swift is staying there. Ooh, I don't know, man. Like, don't, oh, yeah, don't me. They're doxing. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, $10,000, man. Like, what, what do you think of this, uh, this thing? Uh? So, my first thought is that this is fucked up. But then, my second thought is it will sell out. Yeah. But why fucked up? Why? I don't know. If you're 50, what? I mean, and you couldn't get tickets. You have money, but you couldn't get tickets and you couldn't win that. You were too late to try and win that chance to watch it with with a minister. Remember, we talked about this before where there was a chance for someone to watch it with a minister. Yeah. Initially. And you were too late for all that. Then now now you can pay for it. This is just me being a hater. This is just me being a hater. Being a hater. Because I'm like, whoa, $50,000 package. Yeah. But, I mean, people blow that sort of money on like, maybe like a one hour at a casino, people can blow that sort of money. Mm. Or at least I've heard. Mm. Uh, so these kind of things, yeah, it will sell out. I think it's, I guess it's a genius package. Yeah. But, uh, we're not the target market, lah, right? For sure. Yeah, we're not. Lah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But there are Taylor Swift, I'm sure there are like, Taylor Swift fans who, $5,000 to, you know, watch Taylor Swift. Like you, you pair that with a dining experience. You pair that with three nights of hotel stay at, mm. like, you know, a nice room and everything. It's like a, it's like a big holiday, la, right? That you're but paying for. The the VIP tickets are actually how much? There's VIP, know, there's VIP, there's VIP one and VIP two tickets. Yeah, and it's according to there's a I think some uh, some of the VIP tickets are named according to her songs, la. Like there's one VIP Karma is my boyfriend tickets. And then there's the VIP, it's been a long time coming tickets. So I guess got different uh, tier of VIP. Oh, also, I uh. thought those were the numbers provided by, uh, what you might call it, MBS. No, it's her. Oh, okay. Mm. So VIP one, yeah. the ticket price is 1228 Ah, there you go. Okay. So VIP two is $728. Um, mm. So looking at it, like if you pay, okay, like if you pay the $10,000, you get VIP two. Mm, so that's 700 plus times 2,005. Okay. Then you yeah. get 1,200 resort yep. dollars. Okay. Yep. Yep. Uh, you get a cultural yeah. curated dining experience. Mm-hmm. Three, eight, ten, it's actually worth it. Uh, ten, yeah, it's up. Yeah, it's up. Yeah. Nah. So essentially, what you're paying for is the hotel stay, right? A lot of it is hotel stay, which 
it's not cheap lah. All these like staying at MBS, it's not cheap. It probably ranges like at least five hundred dollars and up lah per night. And wow. I don't know how good these premier rooms are. Um, and then the up, premier room. The the only thing I would say is that uh, the merchandise you better be getting all the fucking merchandise lah. Right, I would say you get at least one of everything lah. A T-shirt. Oh. And uh, the other things, the two all access passes to exhibits and attractions. Um. Is that a big deal? Like you think that's, I don't think that's a big, deal, that's a big deal, right? I, at first, I thought, hey, maybe you can meet Taylor Swift, you know, but I think if you want to meet Taylor Swift, you have to pay like 500000 Yeah, so that's the thing. I thought there would be uh, like some like uh, meet and greet, but there's not even uh, that. Uh, yeah. Like this Taylor Swift, this, this Eras tour is insane, man. Yeah. yeah. There's a Netflix movie about this whole thing that broke some box, box, box office yeah, records yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, holy shit. It's reaching a point where it's starting to get annoying. Yeah. But I, I, what, what, I was trying to do the calculations of whether, let's say you are a real fan of Taylor Swift, right? Uh, uh. Would it make more sense? What, what is there more value in going for the the fifty thousand dollar Wildest Dreams package, uh, versus like the ten thousand dollars Stay 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 package? Uh? Uh. So I think like what you're pointing out, there's the Wildest Dreams package includes the higher level of VIP tickets. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to stay in the signature suite. That and, has two yeah. bedrooms, so I'm guessing there's a lot nicer. And you get uh, four tickets, not four just tickets, yeah. Yeah, sorry, four tickets. So it's like four friends. So it's about uh, per person it becomes about what twelve thousand five hundred dollars, right? For for the wildest dreams. Oh yeah, yeah, twelve thousand five hundred. Yeah, correct, correct. And then the tickets thousand five, and then uh, you get that yeah a dining experience for four people at Wolfgang Park's Spago Dining Room. Um. And uh, you get a complimentary upgrade to Sans Lifestyle Paisa. So I was checking out what that is. Mm. Uh, apparently, it's just the VIP membership la, of uh, Marina Bay Sands. So, I, and it's a, actually a very limited upgrade. It's a, like for six months or something like that. So, uh, you probably have to be like a regular high roller and all that to really enjoy all the perks. Uh, but the things I've heard, those perks can can add up to quite a yeah, bit, la, right? Like, like, I mean, if you're one of those like Lifestyle Paisa members, probably... Uh you get a lot more than a regular member. La. So, actually, if you're really that big a fan, and I mean, 10, 000, if you're spending $10,000 for two tickets, really, it's $5,000 a ticket. Yeah. Is it is is it that huge a leap to spend $12,500? You know? Paro, the, the wildest dream, in fact, the more we're talking about it, the more it feels like, hey, actually, this is not the best deal. Why? Because... Like, okay, if you see, uh, you you go to the stay, stay, stay package. <laughs> okay, right? okay, so Taylor Swift fans, we're breaking it down for you. Uh, like I can't how to believe you're fucking <laughs> studying this to the, to the detail. But if you think about it, right, like uh, for the stay, stay, stay package, you get a curated dining experience for two worth a thousand plus plus. Yeah. Right? For the... Oh, okay. So the the Wildest Dreams is for four worth two thousand plus plus. Oh, I thought mm. a thousand five hundred. And then, okay, so two thousand four hundred resort dollars... Yeah. Versus a thousand two hundred resort dollars, so two thousand four hundred yeah. divided by fifty thousand. Yeah. Versus thousand two hundred divided by ten thousand, you're getting more resort dollars. True. Right. And then, like when I look at the fifty thousand dollar package, one of the things you know, you say all access pass to immersive exhibitions. If you click on it, they say okay, all exhibitions at Art Science Museum and attractions such as Digital Light Canvas, Sampan Rides, <laughs> and Sky Park Observation Deck. You telling me you're paying fifty thousand for this fucking thing? That uh, regular people can just pay and buy tickets. For you're gonna go, hey, fuck this sampan right? Uh, like you know what? This this pushed me over the edge, man. I'm gonna get this damn thing. Wrong? I would say yeah, like like if they offer like a sampan right with Taylor Swift. Oh allow it. Then I would say okay, go for it. But then the reality is this will still be snapped up because to I think people out there fifty thousand is like they come to the casino they gamble shit yeah. away with no guarantee of any getting any money back. This one, it would sell out. And if you go to the website, I'm actually in the queue, no? Oh, yeah? You click and it'll tell you, you get, you're you in the queue. Wow. So I'm in the queue to get the tickets. Wow. Uh, Yeah, it's just like, whoa. Maybe you need to jump on carousel and take advantage of this arbitrage opportunity. But, Sell but your ticket so do you have any issue with this promotion at all? Um, I used to think, well, yeah, I love the days when when generally concert tickets were reasonable prices and all that, right? Mm. But over the years, getting older, realizing that, hey, you can't attend every concert either. So maybe as you get older, you already only go for the concerts that really matter to you a lot. Mm. And if people are willing to pay for that, and it's, it's such a core part of their their experience. As we've talked about before with Taylor Swift, it's almost like a a cultural anchor. Phenomenon. Uh, yeah. A cultural anchor for people's emotions and feelings. I think even Studio from Jump 
was saying that about Taylor Swift as well. Like she, she's like the, I don't, can't remember what the word, the shaman of her hearts or something like that, where he mm. said that he's guided a whole generation through heartbreaks and everything, mm. like, right? I mean, this is the concert and experience of a lifetime, right? True, la, true. I guess maybe, like, like, I mean, MBS can do whatever promotions, any company can do whatever promotions. It just feels like, wow, this is, remember what, at one point when we were talking about a concert, like Singapore is going to be like this concert hub. Yeah. Where they were whole concerts, not for Singaporeans, but yeah. for people to fly in and enjoy. Yeah. yeah, it is just another thing that moves the needle a bit more to make Singapore feel like, wow, we're just this stop. La, yeah. For people to come, you know, like, fucking blow money and all that, and then just peace out. La. Which, I mean, it's not wrong. Yeah. But it just feels like, oh, okay. Uh, that's our thing. Because if MBS is doing this with Taylor Swift, you can imagine other concerts, Coldplay. Yeah. I don't know, I don't know what they'll, I don't know, you go for a cold meal. With fucking cold soba and shit like that. Um, but Coldplay, I mean, they they talked about, we talked about this, right? Chris Martin, like, I think he does set some kind of like, okay, I want the tickets to not be above oh, a certain that's price. That's true, that's true. So he comes from the angle, but maybe Taylor Swift is like, like, yeah, this is, this is it, like, there's only one of me and in history and, you know, this is as, as good as it gets. Really. But even then, this this promotion has done nothing together with them. Correct, correct, yeah. correct. Yeah, but yeah. For, for, you're saying the ticket prices in the general. The ticket prices uh, and just the idea of the experience. It, like they, She doesn't care so much about like the fact that young young people who are not earning their own money uh, must be able to afford to come. Uh. But actually, the uh, pricing for the tickets, you still get like $88 tickets mm, with a okay. restricted view. Wow. So like remember we have a committee against profiteering and all that. Right? Yeah, 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 correct. <laughs> Maybe this is the time to like step in and say, hey, you can't be like taking advantage of the fact that Singapore we we get these international acts to come and then like you offer this like actually why not? Uh? Why what what's wrong with that? It's like it's like when you go around, there's all these like Harry Potter cafes that are not officially yeah. like, endorsed by Harry Potter. So the there's nothing wrong with yeah. this. Yeah. yeah. So people are, they're just milking it. Oh, but actually, in some way, if it's not affiliated to it, they're using the name to sell these packages. Doesn't that like, uh, isn't that like cause for Taylor Swift team to be like, hey, you can't be doing that. But you said MBS is an official partner, is it? Yeah, presenting partner, yeah. So then maybe there's maybe some there's right. Some, yeah, there's some, the yeah, same, yeah, 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 partner. yeah. You can do whatever shit you want. You can use the name, right? You can use the name. You can and use sell the name. a ticket or two, yeah. Then be like, well, watch me sell yeah. this. <laughs> watch hold me, my beer, man. Hold my beer. This seven, how much oh, was this ticket? $798? Okay, watch Fuck me. Fuck it, yeah. $10,000. Wow. Your most expensive ticket, $1,228. do not worry, we'll sell it at 50 <laughs> times the price. No, 12 times, 12 times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 12 times Incredible. the price. Poor but even the VIP one tickets all sold out already, right? Yeah, I'm sure. And the VIP one tickets actually it comes with the ticket. It comes with uh four Taylor Swift prints, VIP merchandise. So you really get some of the stuff that MBS is promising. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I guess the part of the partnership is maybe you guarantee us a certain number of VIP tickets. Yeah, and then you, you let do us, whatever you yeah, want. We do whatever the hell we want of it. But you get to Taylor Swift gets, gets to stay here and take photos of Infinity Pool and everything. Like. And the Sampan, right? And the Sampan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure other countries also uh, have, have what, uh, uh, other kind of like, yeah. also, yeah, like even Philippines also got, uh, yeah. oh, crazy. But that would make, I think people might be camping out at MBS, hoping to get a glimpse of Taylor Swift at some, somehow, somewhere. But don't know whether she's, she'll be based there or anything. Right? I mean, I'm guessing because they're the presenting partner. That there'll be there must be something. Oh. I mean, where if not where she stay at Sports Hub, uh. <laughs> <laughs> What she stay at Kalang? The sweet uh, the Kalang sweet Kalang sweets Kalang sweets. <laughs> oh. Can just walk over it. Eh, six days no. It'd be nice to be next door. Eh. Oh yeah, exactly. Because they go there. run at the Kalang Basin and all uh. No, but because she's there for six days, I would yeah. imagine her team would probably want her to stay somewhere where, yeah, everything's taken care of like. So. Oh, you know, Swifties, they already, they're all wait, waiting. Really. They, they know they're going to, if you see a blonde, long head, uh, you know, tall lady taking the sampan at MBS during those six days. Uh, go for it, man. It's, you never know, man. It could be Taylor Swift herself. Oh, it's 151 shows. Uh. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. That uh, is crazy. Just another thing that uh, offered to people that not that we are not part of the target market of. Like. 
Oh, and it started on March 17th. It's going to end December 2024. Uh, tour. Ah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a world tour, man. World tour. Oh my God. I guess 151 shows. Lah. You yeah. can't have like... It'd be tough to have a show like every alternate, uh, every day almost. So alternate days. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That crazy. is crazy. But yeah, that's uh, the world we live in now. Um, so what is your one short comment of the past week? And there should be something like, since it's been a while. Okay. Uh, would you like to go first? I mean, like we already talked about the person who posted on Reddit the photo, so I won't go into that. Yeah. Uh, I thought uh, Internet Lurker 96 uh, posted something quite interesting that is also tangentially related to what we're discussing about the <coughs> suggesting a potential yellowback topic of the Singapore fashion brand Beyond the Vines issuing an apology after the backlash regarding remarks on Israel Hamas wall. Mm. So I thought that was uh, interesting. We did talk about it because it was a while back plus it's like, I mean, it's slightly off topic and all but tells you la, that you know this Israel Hamas war is uh, there's a lot of proxy wars being fought, like, right, on mm. social media space, online, and yeah, even uh, even Singapore businesses having having to apologize or to take back their support of certain Instagram pages and things like that, like. Mm. Yeah, so it's quite a, it's quite. Thanks for the heads up that this is happening, like, because it makes us. It does make me a bit like whoa, a bit worried when I see things like that, Because like. even yeah. the and uh grab. CEO's wife posted something yeah, and yeah. got into some some sort of like backlash also. Then Grab had to donate money uh, to humanitarian causes in Gaza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. correct, correct. That is true. Because of Malaysian response, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it's just the everyone who shared their thoughts on like the Reddit post for 458, mm. uh, the Deepawali Little Free Banner Remove and Social Mixers Help Singaporeans Make Friends. Yeah. A few users, uh, but then Hall, the, the Sandian, and uh, even internet lurker um, uh, but then and the Sandian they, they mm. kind of shared that they in their past have gone to those sort of social events and I think but then said that uh, she went and then she's still in touch with her new friends mm. hung out with them so yeah so interesting like, when people share personal experiences relating to things that we talk about yeah so so cheers for that man yeah very interesting because yeah we're hearing different perspectives of like someone who's actually been in one of these social mixers as well like, right but then all, yeah. Yeah, yeah, correct, correct. So it's cool. It's cool. But uh, yes, uh, yeah. I'm sure you have a lot. Uh, what is your one show thing? Uh, would you like to go first? Uh, actually, it's just been a show that I've been watching uh. Uh, while you were away in Korea. Uh, I was watching the Korean reality show, mm. The Devil's Plan. Uh, it's a game show that revolves around uh, a group of uh, people staying together and playing a series of uh, very brainy challenges, all right? almost mm. escape room, uh, secret Hitler style of games to eliminate each other from competition. So uh, a lot of people, a couple of people tell me, hey, you really have to watch it. I tried to watch an episode and I was like, oh, this is too much for me. Uh, and I know you'll hate it because it's the first game is exactly a secret Hitler. Basically, oh. yeah. Imagine oh. like, Imagine a TV show about people playing Secret Hitler. Like, Actually, right? yeah. I wouldn't mind watching that. <laughs> playing Secret Hitler is not something I want to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watching yeah. might be fun. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that, that's the thing. The, at first, I was like, oh, it's like playing a board game. Why, why would I want to watch people like play it? But I think as the, the games progress, they move on to other types of games. More strategy, more like uh, stuff closer to poker, stuff closer to... So like, it literally more... is like board games. Like, no, 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 sit no, down games, games. Sit like, down games. Like, like they have an arena where people stand around and then they strategize and they discuss and they oh. bring out into rooms to talk and all that. But ultimately, yeah, like the games are very like, like the mechanics are a lot like board games. Huh? And it's yeah, a yeah. TV show about that. It's a, yeah, it's a full like 10 episode wow. TV show. So I'm almost at the end already. So I'm sure that people who watch don't give me spoilers, but uh, it's quite riveting. Huh? It, it, even the games I don't fully understand or I've never played before. Just watching the different people's approach to it and just seeing how, uh, yeah. The one, one thing you learn is that being a, trying to be the good guy in this kind of games actually can make you a lot of enemies as well. Like, yeah. Mm. But is there like some elimination thing or like... like Yeah, yeah, there's elimination involved. So it comes down to, I think, the final... Yeah, the like final winner wins a pot of prize, a pot of money. Oh. Yeah. So a lot of people are telling me to watch it. I watched the first episode. I was like, oh, do I want to continue? But I just stuck through with a little bit of it. And good, it's, yeah, kind of quite a 
it's a very fun fun thing. So like, don't, imagine you write escape rooms also. Uh, imagine the process of doing an escape room, but like it's a much bigger escape room, like, like you live in escape room. Kind but of they thing. don't show what happens outside the games, like you know they're bonking under blankets or anything. There's no bonking, like, cause they're all living in like rooms with very big windows and oh, they they, they have roommates and stuff like that, like. So very little bonking, a lot of uh. A lot of, uh, you know that feeling after you play Secret Hitler and then you're like, oh my god, I didn't, can't believe that, that person lied, lied to uh. me this whole time. That kind of feeling. Uh. Oh, so they do show yeah, yeah. the the interactions outside of the game. Oh yeah, yeah, they do. Because they live together in this house uh. and they don't see the sunlight. They don't see sunlight for like a week, basically. Mm. So, so it's, it's, it's quite interesting. Yeah, okay. I think you might, yeah, like you said, you might enjoy watching it. Uh, I think I'll enjoy yeah, watching yeah. it. Uh. Yeah. So it's, and, and it. given you just went to Korea, it's all Korean people. Uh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, yeah, I mean, I have a more interest now than ever before to watch Korean shows. I still haven't got on the Korean drama bandwagon. Yeah. I know Sweet Home 2 is coming out, uh, yeah. which was a second season of a show that I really liked, like a monster show. But yeah, so that's coming out, I think, next week or something. Uh, yeah. Sweet Home was Korean. Korean? Oh, okay. Yeah, Korean. Okay. okay. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was really good. Um, yeah. So, okay, so my one-shooting is, is just building on a one-shooting from the, from the past few weeks when I mentioned, you know, The Boys... Oh, okay. TV show. I thought it was gonna be Beckham. Oh no, 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 Beckham no. referencing it. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, the Boys, which is a show that I caught up. I mean, I watched a lot more while on the trip, also. Yeah. And and last time I mentioned very briefly that it is about a show about like superheroes, like the Avengers, who are assholes, lah. Yeah. But the more I watch it, the more I realize, oh shit, this is so good because yeah, there are these superheroes that are a bunch of assholes, but there's a whole corporate entity behind superheroes, and mm. it's like superheroes are a business, lah. And the boys are these people who want to kind of expose all the shit that happens. And what I like about it is that I'm in season three now, which is, I think is the uh, the most the latest season. It it has so much commentary on everything you see in the world these days. Be it like you know the arms, you know like what is the solution to uh, shootings and all? Is it to give people more guns mm. or to get rid of guns? Um, and then there's like um, discrimination, there's politics, and of course. The, the dark humor is really good as well. Uh, so I'm I'm super enjoying it. Um and yeah, it's reached a point where I can't wait to watch the next episode, which I which I haven't felt for a series for a long while. Season three already. Season three already, oh, yeah. It's it's great. Like. And like the acting and the casting and the storylines. And you know, like when you watch Guy Ritchie films, there's a certain how you say very nice cadence of like and yeah. comedy. This show has a bit of that kind of vibe. Like. Marvel style. No, no, no. It, no. Th- it makes fun of Marvel so much. And that's oh, what yeah. I love also. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, it makes fun of Marvel so much. It makes fun of the whole super hor- superhero genre. Yeah. And yeah, it's great. Like, it's great. Oh. The Boys. Cool. Yeah, it's cool. And Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime. Prime Video. I think it only bit got made available in Singapore like a month ago month, or something. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. you finished three, ep- three seasons. Yeah. Right? Because uh, I mean, on the plane, you know, I just watch. Uh, on a plane. Yeah. In the middle of like meals in Korea. On the plane. <laughs> not so it's not just, plate, not just not just complaining about the food having blackface but watching show watching on show. On the plane. <laughs> on the plane. Wow, Harish, you're fun to travel. On the plane. <laughs> on the plane. And like if we are like uh, at night or something if like uh, we it's one of the activities that your wife chose lah. Then, then you're watching your Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> when we go to look for masks and all I'm very present there. Oh, I, I share see, my see. opinions. Uh, but there was this one time when I was at one of those chains, uh, you know, Olive and Young. Olive Young, Olive what Young. Is, what is it? It's like that, that fucking chain of like, like almost like a Watson's where they got oh, all okay, the cosmetic okay. stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So we're walking around and to my, to, to my wife's credit, she didn't spend that much time. But uh, she spent a good amount of time where I reached a point where I was like zoning out. Yeah. So I bought like this packet of sour candies. And as I was walking out just to, like, you know, get some fresh air, I saw this other guy go sit in the corner. A Caucasian guy and he looked at me I looked at him he was like you know I was like yes I know yeah, yeah, and we yeah. both shared a laugh <laughs> and I walked out yeah, so, yeah, yeah. so yeah so it was a common thing like uh, any cosmetic shops you would see that balance like all the guys would just be like zoning out walking around yeah. like zombies and the girls would be very into it like. yeah. and, and I'm not to typecast typecast or something but a lot of the products are geared towards uh, uh, the feminine side like. no I appreciate it like, like, like I know there was what Local clothing brand, Our Second Nature. Uh. At Great World City, in the, the outlet, they used to have a, a bench at outside of the store. Yeah. Like, just a very long bench outside of the store. And then, like, it always be, like, a couple of guys sitting <laughs> on the bench. 
and then the wives or the girlfriends are inside. Like, I, did, I mean, I assume that that's the purpose, but <laughs> you don't see a lot of benches outside, like retail stores yeah, in, in yeah. So I saw it. And then, but also the other aspect is that uh, when you're selling like fe- feminine products, whether it's clothes or underwear or, or you know, uh, beauty products, sometimes you don't want guys in there like looking around yeah, yeah, over yeah, your shoulder true, or there also. So I would assume that it's, uh, it's not just about giving guys a, a place to hide, but also like giving privacy to ladies as they shop. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure there are some women <laughs> listening to this thinking like, ah, oh, these two dudes have no idea what the fuck they're talking about. Yeah. Then let us know. Yeah. And, uh, on Reddit. Tell us we're wrong. Tell, Tell us, us we're wrong. wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 all we had to say today. Yeah. Uh, just a reminder, if you have any opinions on what we've said, you can share your thoughts on Reddit, inst- uh, DM us on social media. Please follow us and subscribe to us wherever you can because just so you can hear the latest episode as soon as it comes out. And if you want to work with us, just email us at contact at ministryoffunny.com. Yep. All right. Peace, everybody.